This is another sports podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another damn sports podcast. I am Drew Torres here with Money Mike Gilchrist, and we are welcoming another guest on our show this week, and it is another recurring guest, Sir Patrick McMahon, now a writer for Action Network, The Gambling Wizard, and he is also an expert of college basketball. Pat, how's it going, man? Doing good. Appreciate you guys having me on. Congratulations about uh, being able to write for Action Network, man. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. I'm pretty pumped about that. I've uh, been at it for about three, four weeks now. I was surprised when they got back to me and let me in, but I guess, uh, you know, just they, uh, that experience I had the last couple of years, basketball society, they're impressed with the, the gambling acumen. So um excited to keep doing that for the rest of football season and a little bit into basketball season too. Yeah. It's cool to be able to turn that success into something that you could actually further your enjoyment of the hobby, you know, and who knows, maybe you'll turn into the next uh, big gambling guy on uh, social media, giving people the picks. Got my fingers crossed, man. Hopefully, hopefully I'll blow up soon. Just got to give out some winners. Yeah, man. And I'm sure you will. And Mike, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going good. Going good. And uh, I'm excited to be a Giants fan right now because I'm three and seven, but I have a chance to win the division. So what can you, <laughs> can't complain about that. <laughs> yeah. You seem a little bit more chipper this week. Well, you know, anytime the Giants beat Philadelphia, which apparently is only once every four years, uh, it's a good time. It's a good time. I hate, I hate the Eagles more than any other team in the NFL, so it's always so great when the Giants beat them. All right. Well, uh, since we're on the topic, why don't we start with the Giants this week? They're usually not the first team we start talking about. So why don't you give us a little bit of a recap of the game and uh, what you liked from the G-men? So what I really liked from the Giants this week was they were very aggressive with their play calling. They were a lot more um, play action and uh, handoff run and a lot of like uh, runs with Daniel Jones um, and they really ran the ball well, uh, even without Barkley. Um, they're continuing to play better and better on defense each and every week. Um, and I just overall thought they had this different energy about them. And I think that stemmed from uh, in the preparation for this game in particular, Joe Judge has been very critical of the players, uh, always, you know, trying the developmental side of things, which is great, but he kept really honing in on their negative plays uh, but this week, all he did was show them the highlights and like, look at what we're doing, guys. There, there are the good things out here. And they really seemed to respond to that. At least that was all we heard before the game. So we, it really seemed like they had a different energy about them this game. And usually when I watch the Giants and the Eagles, I always have this like eerie feeling like, oh, God, the Giants are going to blow it. The Eagles are going to come back. I never felt that way when watching this game. I always felt like the Giants were in control and they were in control the whole way. And uh, I, I really felt like I saw a different team than I had all season long, which was really, really exciting. So I really feel good about them going into their bye week. Then they come out and they have to travel to Cincinnati. That's a very winnable game. They go to Seattle after that. That's going to be tougher, but Seattle's defense is still pretty bad. So it's not like it's a give me game for Seattle. Uh, and they play Arizona. That's a tough game. But then they end their season with Cleveland uh, at Baltimore and Dallas. So in that, you know, six, seven game stretch, I think they can squeeze out three more wins and that will get them to six and 10. And with this NFC East, that could win the division. division. It is so sad that that's how it is with the NFC East this year, that the Giants are still in solid playoff contention. Pat, what are your thoughts on the NFC East and just how terrible that division is compared to the rest of the, the league? It is crazy. Just um, like obviously living down in Dallas now, I'm around a, a bunch of Cowboys fans and they were like so confident in the first couple of weeks. Like 
even, you know, like, oh, yeah, the defense sucks, but we'll be fine. And then Dak goes down and like, oh, we'll be fine with Dalton. And then it's just like that team's such a mess. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I can't say I've watched too many NFC East games. Not They're not at the top of my uh, watch list. But, Mike, the one question I have for you is how do you feel about uh, Judge getting beat up the other day in practice? What's going on, man? <laughs> I don't know. He's, you know, he's a hothead guy and, you know, they're going to – you know, you got to grow. You got iron sharpens iron, right? So yeah, yeah except yeah, didn't they enough. fire the guy? Yeah, they fired the guy. So that's the thing. You get <laughs> yeah. in a fight with the boss, he'll fire you. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That that's nuts though. When I saw that story, you don't hear about that too often. Coaches that's getting crazy. at each other. I kind of like that out of my old line coach. So a little little edge. I feel like you gotta you gotta keep him around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the turmoil is always good when it comes to the coaching group, but. uh uh, I'm, I'm rooting for the Giants, man. Of all the teams that are in the NFC East, I honestly think the Giants are the best. And it, just in terms of the roster, which is nuts because you were saying early in the season that the Giants have one of the worst rosters in the league. But it's just this division is that bad, right? Well, it, it, it's, it's that they're that bad. But really, if you look at the Giants and the way they've played in the division alone, they should be undefeated in the division. They blew that game, that first game against Philadelphia. They blew the game against Dallas where they broke Dak Prescott. Uh, they should have won that game. Uh, and clearly they, you know, dismantled Washington twice. So uh, I feel like the Giants are the best team right now. I do think schedule wise, and because they have a tie, Philadelphia is probably in the best position to win the division um, because if they can end the division um, being within one game of the Giants, because they have a tie, they're going to win because they'll have one less loss. Um, so really, for the Giants at three and seven, if they can somehow win four games, that that wins the division. If they win three, they're in a good chance. But if they win the division at seven and nine, they're not the first team to ever do that. I mean, we've seen a seven and nine team win. I do, however, find the this idea hilarious that if the Giants somehow make the playoffs and win a playoff game, and all Buffalo Bills fans have been hoping for and craving for is to win a playoff game after like twenty years, and they win the division at like eleven and five or twelve and four, and they lose and the Giants win. I just, I find that hysterical <laughs> dude if that would that could easily happen because the afc is just so strong this year and I, yeah. I guess that that's the perfect segue to move on to the buffalo bills who had probably the most heartbreaking loss you could possibly had um oh. so essentially i mean i'm sure most people listening to this podcast actually watched the game but fortunately the bills lost on a hail mary pass from kyler murray to deandre hopkins in the final seconds to lose by two points 32 to 30 after the Bills made a miraculous comeback drive, and basically everybody thought the game was over. But it's just incredible. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, it's just – it's a perfect fit. It's a perfect match. And I don't know – Pat, I don't understand – I know you're, you don't live in Houston, but what the hell were the Texans thinking trading away DeAndre Hopkins? You're in Texas. You have a feel of the of the area. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, there, there really isn't a logical explanation for it. Like, to get uh, – you trade away, you know, a top – three receiver in the league, maybe even the most, like the number one most talented receiver in the league for an aging running back that's getting injured all the time. Like, it, I, I really have no idea. Like, I, I, I feel like uh, people ask that question every day and, and no one knows the answer except for except for Bill O'Brien. Who's not even there anymore. So it, it, yeah, which, gone. <laughs> yeah, it, it completely makes sense. But uh, for Mike, good I know, reason. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Mike, I know you missed uh, actually watching the game. But I know when I told you about the play, you're like, what the hell? So, so what happened with that was, so my dad and I, we were busy uh, moving furniture out of this uh, house that was sold by um, 
you know, one of our family members had passed away. We had to move her stuff out because someone's moving in. So we didn't watch the giant game live. So we watched that and then it ended around like seven 30 ish that by the time we finished our tape, you know, our tape of the game and you texted me what had happened. And so I knew, but my dad didn't know. And he started watching the bills recording from like the beginning. And I go, dad, fast forward to the fourth quarter. He's like, why? I'm like, just do it. I, I, I'll tell you this. It's close. I know who won. It's close. That's all I said. And then we're watching it and he's, uh, you know, the bills came back and he goes, well, you're not telling me to turn it off. So Arizona must have stumped. <laughs> and I'm like, just, just watch, just watch it. And he goes, what, what's going to happen? Is Kyler Murray going to scramble out and just throw it into the end zone? They win by two or three points. And I'm like, just watch. And he's like, oh my God. <laughs> watching it. And I'm like, my eyes are just, I, I didn't realize, well, cause you just told me about the Hail Mary pass. You didn't tell me the bills scored with only 30 seconds to go. So oh, like, yeah. More heartbreaking. <laughs> You know, I mean, if you're the Bills, you can't really walk away feeling super depleted as far as like you played really well. It's just you, you walk away with a, an, a loss. And now you're the, the most damaging thing about that was the fact that the Patriots won and the Dolphins won. Mm-hmm. So now you go into your bye week at seven and three. The Dolphins are six and three. They don't have that tough of a game this week against Denver. So if Miami wins, you go into the last six games of the season at, you know, tied with Miami and you play them in week 17, the very last week. So the AFC East could come down to that week 17 game. And I actually think it will. I really do. And New England. And what's your prediction, Mike? They can, they're still, they're still a threat. <laughs> what's your prediction for that? Cause I know you have an interesting one. Uh, Miami's going to win the division. Miami's winning the AFC. <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, Miami's winning the AFC East. Pat, I don't know if you know this, but Mike is, has turned into the ultimate bills hater on this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he'll, he will take any chance he gets to talk shit about the hometown Buffalo bills. Who, who do you think is going to oh, take I the guess. AFC East? I think it's probably the Bills, but, like, I don't hate that pick. Like, Miami, their defense is playing so great right now. Um, and what are they, only a game back? Or they're, they're are they not, tied? Yeah, they're yeah, half I mean, game back. They're half game they're back. half game back because they played one last game. And they, right. play, they played Denver this week. Who's, and Denver's nothing special. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, I don't hate that pick. I think they, they have a very good chance of winning – Straight up. They lost to Buffalo the first time around, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and both both Miami okay. and Buffalo have pretty easy schedules going into the last six games. Um, right. They, they both have one game where you can kind of be like, okay, they're probably going to lose that game. Miami has to play Kansas City, and Buffalo has to play Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, if one of those two teams wins that game, you know, if, if Miami somehow <laughs> beats Patrick Mahomes or if the Bills somehow beat the, the Steelers, then it's like, okay, that team probably has the edge going into the rest of the year. But I really sincerely believe both teams are going to have the same record going into week 17. And, you know, it's a, that's a playoff game right there. Yeah, right. that's, that's going to be I, a hell of a situation. Unfortunately for Buffalo, they're at home, but they won't have Bill's Mafia to back them up. If, if the week 17 was we weren't living in 2020 COVID-19, I would predict the Bills would win that game hands down because it would feel like a playoff atmosphere and the fans would be going nuts. There's yeah. no fans in the stadium, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, that's true. But I, I was actually talking to Nick yesterday about this, and we were saying it's not the end of the world, too, if the Bills don't win the division. Yeah, it's going to be very disappointing because everybody was expecting them to win. But for them to just have to go, let's say, go down to Miami or go to Indianapolis, like that's still a winnable game, you know, as yeah. opposed to them having to play the Ravens at home, you know. Like we did just see the Ravens lose to the Patriots pretty badly, but like the Ravens are still a very good team. So in a way, yeah. it might be a godsend. Yeah, if I'm Buffalo, I don't want to play the Ravens or the Titans in the first round. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. 
Um, but yeah, so I, I guess we'll, we'll cap that as uh, just a very disappointing loss for the Buffalo Bills, but uh, they'll be back to hopefully get a few more wins uh, going through the rest of the season real quickly. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I was going to say no disappointment with the Jags this week because they didn't play. Uh, wait, yeah, they did. Yeah, they they played the Packers. <laughs> they actually almost pulled out the win, and they would have if Jake Luton just didn't suck. But uh, unfortunately, uh, he looked good the first week. This past week, he, he just looked off. He couldn't really hit any of the easy throws. He, he didn't really have much time in the pocket. He was getting a lot of pressure. Uh, Pat, what was your, your review of Jake Luton coming out of college? I know you told me this already. But... Yeah. yeah, I basically thought he was another um... – gonna be another Nathan Peterman like I just I, I was shocked when I heard like I didn't even know he was on the Jags roster so I was sh- so when um Minchie went down and they said he's starting um the week before I, I was shocked I was like how is this dude on a roster like he was so bad at Oregon State he got better last year but like his junior year at Oregon State he was awful um and, and I said the same thing when Peterman came out and I mean I'll, I'll give him credit he hasn't been as bad as Nathan Peterman but it, it, the season's still young so who knows yeah, and uh, the only good thing I saw from Luton over the past couple of weeks is he has a big arm. Like, but yeah. in reality, if you're not accurate, you're not going to be successful, right? Right. right. So, so yeah, uh, the Jags they were winning the game for a little while. They added some help from a punt return touchdown, and uh, they forced a couple turnovers. Their defense actually showed up to play for once, and uh, they ended up losing the game twenty-four to twenty. Which ultimately, that's the result you want if you're a Jaguars fan, right, Mike? That's right. That's right. You got to compete with the Jets to get that number one pick. The quest for Trevor. Exactly. Yeah. So we will see. Um, I actually asked Pat uh, this question privately the other day. So what do you think about the top quarterback prospects uh, going into the next year's NFL draft? Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Kyle Trask, anyone else? Who do you think are like the top guys? Yeah, I think, um, I think obviously I would, I would have to go Lawrence as number one, but I don't think that Justin Fields is as far behind as most people would say. I think the, I, I love Fields' game. Like he, he's been a very accurate passer, um, which was the question mark. And obviously he's a great threat as a runner too. And I mean, they've had, they've played relatively weak opponents and had a, had a, one of their games canceled, but we'll see him against Indiana this weekend will be his toughest test yet but like I, I think he probably shreds them too um he just doesn't like he doesn't make mistakes and ha- and is a, is a really good passer and a better athlete than Lawrence doesn't have quite the the arm as him but like still very good and for how great an athlete he is like for with to have his IQ and, and ability to not make mistakes I think he'll translate really well to the NFL Pat I have a question for you while we have you on here uh tonight what what was mm. your predictions for the quarterback class of that's already playing right now and are you surprised by anybody in particular? Um, I mean, that's, of the big three, like I would probably say I, I, I definitely had Burrow to a Herbert, and I've I've been pleasantly surprised with Herbert. He's he's played really well. Um, Tua, like it's almost too early to judge that they haven't really. He looked bad, honestly, in the their win against um, against the Rams, but their defense played so well, it didn't matter. Um, and he looked a little bit better last week, but I think Tua is going to be very good when it's all said and done. And if, and if he plays well, like they're going to, like Mike said, they're probably going to win the AFC East. And it's hilarious to <laughs> see um, Herbert after he, he had that haircut. <laughs> that, oh yeah. Oh, so goofy. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He, he looks like a 12 year old Mike basically. <laughs> oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, so it, it, Her, I agree. Herbert has definitely been a pleasant surprise. Uh, what was a surprise last week, maybe not so pleasant, was the fact that the Patriots just put a whooping on the Baltimore Ravens, especially in the first half of the game. Um, Pat, you'll be proud of me for this. You saying earlier that you liked the the call of Miami winning the AFC East reminded me of this. I made the call last week that taking the Patriots was a great pick last week because the Patriots were coming off of a very lackadaisical win against the Jets. Yep. So that was the perfect time to hammer the Patriots. The ultimate ultimate buy low spot for New England. Exactly. Buy low. It couldn't get much lower of that um, with their public opinion heading into that game. Exactly. And uh, I, I, I'm not a betting man anymore, so I didn't actually take the game. But <laughs> on our podcast, we, we picked the spread for that game, and I picked uh, New England plus seven. Isn't that right, Mike? Nice. I like it. Uh, he's, he's only saying he's not a betting man because Kristen listens to the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I've been good. I've been good. But uh, So I, I guess we'll use that as a segue into – so, Pat, who do you think is are the favorites to make the Super Bowl, make the championship games? Who are the best teams in the NFL right now? What do you think? Um, I think the Chiefs are pretty far and above everyone else. I know the Steelers are undefeated, but the Steelers have had a couple games where, like, you know, their defense hasn't been great. I like, um, I think it was the Eagles kept it close against them. They gave up a lot of yards to like the Eagles, who were, uh, you know, who had like four or five linemen injured. Um, and you know, they do. They are very talented on paper, but they're a little bit weak against the pass, so that concerns me. And also, just like how. Big Ben can get – I feel like he's can get injured at any second. He's just one of those guys. And there, and we saw last year there, Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph, like, are not the answer. So, if, you know, as crazy good as their offense is, you know, one, one thing happens to Big Ben and they're done. And I think with the Chiefs, we obviously know how great their offense is. It's the best in the league. And then I just think their defense has been better than we expected this year. Like, they're a legit top 15 defense, maybe even top 10. So I think that's why – they're probably our top 10 defense, and that's why I think they're they're up there with that great offense. The NFC is just ridiculously hard to predict. Um, like, the Seahawks, I think, have the highest upside, but they're – they just don't play any defense. That's, that's the um, – the killer for them but even when they get down like Wilson always is going to bring him back in the game he had he had that weird that bad game last week against um the Rams but that's the only time he's you know hasn't shown up I don't know I'd probably I hate this pick but I'd probably have to to go with the uh the Packers coming out of the NFC I hate picking the Packers I hate that franchise but they're just like they're just the, the team with the least amount of flaws right now I feel like and, and I think they probably have the best chance to get the one seed get home field advantage so it's the State Farm Bowl for you. Yep. Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. Rodgers rate versus the Mahomes rate. Okay. It, what's crazy is if the Jags actually ended up pulling out the win last week, there's no way you would have just said the Packers. Like, it's just crazy how the NFL, yeah, it's yeah. just crazy how the NFL works from week to week. Like, it, as right. long as you pull out that win, you're still an elite team. Yep. I was going to say a few weeks ago, people probably would have said the Bucks, and then they got, you know, demolished against the Saints and then the Saints lose Drew Brees. And it's like, there's not an easy pick in that, in that conference. It's so wide open. Like the Cardinals are playing well, but I can't trust the Cardinals. <laughs> what did you say, Mike? Giants. <laughs> the New York Giants. Yeah, yeah. The New York Giants. There you go. <laughs> They're going to be peaking at the right time. I like it. The fastest quarterback in the league. People forget. <laughs> That's right. Don't you forget that. Uh, you know, I, I, I agree with the Kansas City pick. I mean, even though Pittsburgh's undefeated, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, it, it, it's so nerve-wracking with Big Ben. Like, when he went out at halftime against Dallas, it's like, oh, 
that's it. Pittsburgh's, you know, he's he's done. <laughs> you know, that's just that feeling you get with Pittsburgh. But they do have the best defense in the AFC. And I think that they also have a really easy schedule to make it so they are going to be the number one seed um, over Kansas City. So Kansas City will have to go to Pittsburgh, which, again, with no fans or a limited amount of fans, that's not as big of a deal this year. Um, but weather-wise, it will be cold in Pittsburgh in January, um, a little bit colder than it would be in Kansas City. So, you know, who knows? I always say a, a great defense beats a, a really good offense. Uh, Super Bowl 42 comes to mind. Uh, and also, Super, no, but also like the Super Bowl between Seattle and Denver. Seattle had that great defense, and Denver had the number one offense in NFL history. And Seattle beat them 43 to 8. So I, I do think that the AFC Championship will be Pittsburgh versus Kansas City. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that as long as everybody stays healthy. But in terms of the AFC and the NFC, I still I think if it comes down to Green Bay versus Tampa Bay, we saw how they match up against each other. And Tampa Bay easily beat Green Bay. And New Orleans really won't be a threat because for the next four to six weeks, Drew Brees will be out and they have Jameis turnover Winston at quarterback. <laughs> oh. Hey, man, don't be talking shit about Jameis. He got eye surgery. Yeah. Do you guys like, do you, do you, God, do you guys like the Cardinals uh, in terms of, like, their team that could get hot in the playoffs? Or no? You can take it, Pat. I think, I don't know, if they win the division and, and get some home games, I like them, but I feel like they're just not a good road team. And especially, like, if they have to go up to, like, Green Bay or something or if it's, like, cold in Seattle, I don't know. I don't really like it. But, I mean, but you never know. Like, if Kyler Murray, like, keeps playing like he has been, they, you know, they're never going to be out of it. That, that same thing with the Seahawks. Like, they – it's tough for me to pick either one of those teams, but I don't think they're ever going to be out of a game. Like, right at the same time, like, they would no win – you know, those teams can have a win that would shock me. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just like what I said in the last week's podcast. It depends which team shows up on that specific day right. of their playoff game. It, the NFL is just so hard to predict for that reason. But in the NFL, uh, actually, we do our, uh, our picks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's only one game between our normal three because both the Giants and the Bills are on a bye. So it's just. Pittsburgh versus Jacksonville. I'm picking Pittsburgh. I don't think there's any doubt about that, Drew. You, you're going to believe in your team to knock off the undefeated team in the NFL or no? Not even a little bit, no. All right. So <laughs> we're both picking Pittsburgh. By the way, last week, Drew, you went four and three and got five points because you got two extra points with that New England pick. Uh, I went three and four and only got three points. So you're pulling ahead even more. You are up on the standings 28 and 13 to my 25 and 16. I have 31 points. You have 37. So you're pulling away a little bit. Uh, we're both picking Pittsburgh. Drew, I'll let you go first since you're in first place. Who's your lock this week? Um, I will – well, I say this every week, but it definitely would have been the Steelers. But I <laughs> will take the uh, Chargers to beat the Jets. All right. The L.A. Chargers. I always just look for, like, the biggest line. <laughs> Not about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although the okay. next biggest line is the Chiefs over the Raiders, but the Raiders did win that game last time. So, yes, and my lock this week, God, um, I'm going to go with the Patriots over the Texans. Interesting. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. All right. And then the next one is the wild card, correct? Yes. Oh, no, no. Are are your upset? You got to look I, at the line. I always forget about the upset. I'm sorry. Um, well, since the Packers are underdogs, plus two, I'm going to take the Packers to beat the Colts. All right. I'm actually surprised they're underdogs. 
And my upset pick is going to be, I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers to beat Detroit. All right. Not a bad pick. You know, I was feeling pretty confident about the Panthers last week when I picked them to upset. And then they just shit the bed in the second half. It was very unfortunate. Um, yeah, I was thinking about going with the Titans because they beat the Ravens, but the Ravens have that, you know, revenge feeling because they know yeah. so. coming off a bad um, loss. Now it's the wild card. Uh, I'll go first because I think you went first last week, I, I believe. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to have you pick the shit bowl that is – actually, no. I'm going to have you pick between the L.A. Rams and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Okay, I'll take the Bucks. The Rams are another one of those teams where I just can't read this year. You know, like they'll, they'll look good. And, yeah, I put them in my top ten. When we did our ranking earlier in the year, but they're just still like there's something. Even though they're six and three, they I think it's like Jared Goff. Four and five. You know, I don't know. I think it's Jared Goff. I don't know. I I just I've never believed in that guy. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so for you, I will give you the Eagles Browns game. Cleveland, let's go. (laughs) I believe in Baker and his uh, progressive commercials. (laughs) All right. So, uh, for the spread game, you want Pat to pick it because we had Nick pick it last time. Do you have the spreads in front of you, Pat, by chance? Of course I do. All right. right. Awesome. He's a gambling addict. You know, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go right back and pick against Mike here. I'm gonna take the Eagles plus three at Cleveland. There you go. It's such a like we just talked about um, with uh, the Patriots. It's a great buy low spot. No one can think of the Eagles any lower right now than after losing to the Giants. Um, and the Browns are six and three. It's only a field goal game. You know, they're I think that's Vegas telling you they're trying to trap people into taking Cleveland there. I'm gonna go with the Eagles plus three on the road. All right, so that's your absolute lock for the week? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, why don't you pick a game, a, a spread for Mike and I to pick? Like, what, what do you think is, like, the closest spread they can find that you would just completely stay away from? How about the Saints minus four, the Jameis Winston-led Saints minus four at home against the, the surging Falcon? Ooh, that is a tough spread, man. Yeah. Uh, all right, Mike. Uh, I'll let you pick the. Well, actually, no. I had you pick first last time, so I'll pick this one. Yeah, go um, ahead. I I believe in Jameis. I'm I'm taking the Saints. Let's I go. I wanted Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, that one I don't really have a good read on. It's tough. Yeah. Mike Mike loves uh, any game that involves the Atlanta Falcons. So. Oh yeah, they're, they're a gem on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. We'll ax the football talk. Um, I know we talk a lot, a lot of football on this podcast, so it's kind of exciting to be able to talk about some basketball, which we haven't been able to cover um, much as of late. So uh, actually, I don't know if uh, everybody listening to this podcast even knew this was happening, but the NBA draft happened yesterday. Um, I actually totally forgot about it. Didn't see any advertisement for it at all. I feel like they just didn't tell people about it this year. Um, but uh, It snuck up out of nowhere for sure. Yeah, so uh, – like I said, it did happen yesterday, and coming into this draft, it really seemed like there wasn't anybody, like, of note. You know, there was no Zion Williamson. There was no big big prospect, you know? It, am I right there, Pat? Yeah, definitely. I think 
yeah, there absolutely was no like clear cut number one guy. I know Anthony Edwards was a favorite for a while and he did go number one, but like he was super inconsistent at Georgia. So, you know, I have my doubts about him. A lot of people did as well. James Wiseman, um, he was super hyped coming into college at Memphis, but then he only got to play in three games, um, got suspended, withdrew from the uh, withdrew from college and didn't look great in those three games. And then you had LaMelo Ball, I think, was the other guy that was pretty hyped, but he played in Australia. So, you know, no one really got to see him play that often. Yeah. What do, what do you think about LaMelo Ball? Uh, I know that the Ball family always draws a lot of uh, media attention, but do you think LaMelo Ball is the real deal? I, I mean, he's super skilled and like the kid just keeps growing. I think he's like six, eight now, maybe even six, nine. Um, and he can shoot the lights out of the ball. He's a great passer, um, like a better athlete than people give him credit for. It's just like his whole life, like just his style of play, like it's just him and his brother chucking threes. Like I just worry about him, like how he fits in with, you know, other elite players. Cause he just has had the, he just kind of has, he doesn't care. And he just, just launches. And I think he's got to learn to kind of play, you know, with like play, be a team player, play defense all the time. That's another like concern for him, but like the tools are there for sure. Like at, in terms of just skill and size and everything, like he can be really, really good. Yeah, well, I'm sure he's hoping that they're uh, that the Hornets can give him a good opportunity to be good because I know the Hornets have been kind of a shit organization for yeah. a very long time since Chris Paul was there. Um, Mike, what did you think about the Celtics draft pick at number 14, Aaron Naismith? I'm guessing that's how you pronounce his last name. You know, it was uh, – <laughs> I really didn't think much of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> he's like, I don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah, well, because that's the thing about the, the fact that there was no NCAA tournament this year, a lot of people kind of lost – and like you said, there was no advertising for this draft that, you know, you as a, as a casual fan could really see. And I, you know, the thing is, is that all these draft picks – like these top three players. The only reason we know who LaMelo Ball is is because of his father, LeVar Ball, and his, you know, pronunciation. All three of his sons are going to the NBA. And he, hey, give him credit. He, he got two of the three there. And the middle child's a lost cause. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it was just one of those things where um, I kind of watched the first three picks because it was kind of like we all knew who the first three picks were going to be, but we didn't know who was going to go in what order. Kind of had a good idea. And then after that, I kind of turned it off and watched the movie, you know, because I'm like, yeah, I'll figure out who these people are later on. Um, I believe in Danny Ainge, and I know that, like, you know, uh, I, I do, honestly don't know who this guy is, Aaron uh, Naismith. Um, so I hope he works out for us. Um, he's a small forward. I don't know if we necessarily needed a small forward. I would have gone more for, like, a big guy um, for a big – but we'll see. It should be interesting. I'm more interested in who's going to go where in terms of trades and things like that. Um, because of all the hype around like Russell Westbrook and James Harden leaving Houston, who's going to go where, how are they going to work that out and how it's going to shape the rest of the league. Those are the kind of things I'm interested in, in, in finding out from this draft uh, as far as the aftermath of it, not necessarily because it really, you know, because it, it's so much different between the NFL draft and the NBA draft. It's amazing that in the NFL players who are drafted tend to be in college for three to four years. And we know who they are. And all the top picks come from these big name schools. This draft, we had a guy who never played a lick of college basketball. One guy who played for like three games, as Pat said. And another guy who, who left football at Georgia, to play basketball at Georgia. And he said he doesn't even really like basketball that much. So you know, 
this is our this is our draft. And we had a you know I, I knew Elijah Hughes because he's a Syracuse guy, but he went 39th and got traded to the Jazz. You know, so. Yeah, so that's not very exciting. But was yeah. it, what was exciting, though, I will say, is that an A-10 player was drafted in the top 10. Yeah. How crazy was that, Pat? Right. Yeah, no, it is pretty, it is pretty wild. It's, it's, uh, it's a good sign for the conference, obviously. And, and weirdly, like, Obi Toppin was one of the bigger names, too, just because of, like, he was – I think he – I don't know if he did win or was, gonna, or, um, was a finalist for the, the Naismith Award for best player last year. And – and, like, you know, they were going to be a one-seed undefeated in A-10 play. And also just the fact there was no Kentucky or Duke guys in the top ten – in the lottery at all. Um, so, like, he was, like, a guy from Dayton being one of the, like, most well-known names in the draft was pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, he was nasty. The, the few games I did see him play, like, he, he's for real. And he ended up staying for his entire career, right? He didn't end up leaving early? No, he did. He was a junior. Oh, okay. So he still stayed yeah. for a few years, though. He was to... there a couple of years, yeah. Yeah, now he gets to play no, for the Hapless Knicks. He's only sophomore. He's only sophomore. Oh, okay, gotcha. Well, yeah. either way, he gets to play for the Hapless Knicks, and uh, hopefully he, he's able yeah. to turn that uh, franchise around. Right, Mike? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, Knicks, <laughs> the thing is, the Knicks are so bad. And they, they, the fact that they weren't even rumored to be a team to try to land James Harden, it's like, are they even trying? Are they even trying to be good? Like, what's going on with them? But uh, to go back to LaMelo Ball, um, I don't believe in him at all because he seems like he's like this pampered kid who got everything he ever wanted growing up. He had uh, a dad who was very supportive of him, which is great, but really puts a lot of pressure and spotlight on him. And now he's got a kid who doesn't really play that much defense. He's not the, he's not a terrible shooter, but he's not like a superb shooter. His shot's actually kind of weird looking. Um, I feel like he's going to get, you know, somewhat surprised with the NBA. I really do. I feel like he's going to get, you know, beat up by the physicality of it early on. Maybe he'll, he'll toughen up and get better as it goes along. But uh, he was drafted by Michael Jordan. And as great as Michael Jordan was as a player, he was, he's not shown to be good as a GM owner of assessing talent. You know, he's just, you know, so, uh, you know, Hey, give, give the ball family credit. You know, Lonzo was drafted by magic. Uh, Lamel was drafted by Michael, but the Lakers traded Lonzo and won a championship afterwards. And Lamelo's now on Charlotte, where Charlotte's been at the bottom of the NBA barrel for years and years. And I don't think Lamelo's the answer to turn that ship around, personally. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, uh, we shall see uh, the, the aftermath of this NBA draft. It's always interesting to see how the top players turn out. But uh, we'll, we'll move backwards uh, into the college basketball a season that is coming up and it's actually starting next week. Uh, Pat, I guess my first question to you is who do you think is the favorite to win it all? Who, who is the team that everybody needs to be afraid of this year? Um, so my personal pick is Virginia. I think the Cavs are going to be nasty again this year. Like last year. So they won the championship two years ago last year. Um, they lost their top three players, um, Kyle Guy and Hunter and, and Ty Jerome were all gone and they didn't really have a lot of scoring, but like towards the end of the year, they started to figure out like they, they lost a couple games early, but they were had a ton of momentum heading into the NCAA tournament. We're probably going to be like a, a four or five seed and we're going to do some damage. And like, they're still elite defensively. Like uh Jay Huff, seven, one center, just a beast down low. Um, will the 10 side in the wing. Good, good player. Kihei Clark is really good defender, even though he, he's, he's a small kid, but he, he can defend. 
and my favorite college they, basketball player, Kihei Clark. Yeah, I do love watching that guy play. <laughs> that, yeah, had that crazy assist in the uh, in the Purdue, the miracle win over Purdue. But uh, the and but they bring like all those guys back from a team that finished the year strong. And then the the thing that I really love is they they bring in uh, Sam Hauser from Marquette, who's a true stretch four, who's like the opposite of Virginia basketball. Like he's just a big that can shoot the lights out. Something they've never had. So that's just going to really open things up to the rest of the offense. I think it'll help Clark out a ton. Um, they have like a good uh, five-star recruit, uh, Jabri Abdurrahim, son of Sharif Abdurrahim, who was a good NBA player in the two, in the 90s and 2000s. Um, so they they like reloaded and bring back most of them from, from last year. And they're probably like everyone's, I would say, fourth or fifth ranked team, but but I got them at number one. Interesting. Yeah. See, Virginia was not the team I was expecting you to say. Mike, what are your thoughts? What do you think about Virginia? I think Virginia is really good. Uh, you know, <laughs> looking at the preseason rankings, they're, you know, ranked fourth uh, based on ESPNs. Uh, you know, that's the rankings I'm going based on. Um, so I don't think Virginia is a bad pick by any means. Um, I would say that I think the, you know, critical favorite right now is Gonzaga. Um, but Gonzaga, I mean, they probably have the most exciting first game of the season uh, versus Kansas on the 26th. So, I mean, we, I'm looking at the schedule for next week. A lot of games are played on Wednesday. And it's like, you know, big schools like North Carolina, Duke, they're playing these no-name teams. Uh, Michigan's playing Bowling Green. But uh, Hey, 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 hey. Don't be talking shit about the Mac, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, shout-out matching. <laughs> but the first game of the season for Gonzaga and Kansas is each other. And it's like, wow, that's going to be amazing because you've got Gonzaga ranked number one going into the season and Kansas ranked number sixth. So that should be really interesting. You know, it's hard with college basketball because anybody can win any given day. And I really wonder how it's going to affect the NCAA tournament that all the games will be in that one location uh, because of COVID-19 protocol. The excitement that's going to just be in Indianapolis, I think it's going to be, you know, again, no, no fans. But what I mean by excitement is like, you know, those kids that are going to be living there and playing, that's going to be, I think that's going to be awesome. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, I never really rule out teams like Kansas and Michigan State who are really good tournament teams year after year after year. So I would say right now my favorite would be I'm going to, you know, be cheap and go with the number one team right now and go with Gonzaga. But I, uh, I like Pat's pick in Virginia. Um, and I also wouldn't rule out teams like uh, Michigan State, like, um, like Duke, like uh, these teams that have proven year after year that they can, you know, be really good. All right, so it, there's there should be one more team added to that list if we're being serious here, and that's Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse coming off of a great season last year. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, it, it was uh, it was definitely disappointing to be a Syracuse basketball fan last year. You definitely felt like they could have been a better team than they were. Um, obviously, they had had some limitations um, in terms of their overall roster. But I, the thing I'm most excited for coming into this upcoming basketball season is seeing the development of Joe Girard because I know he was such a, a highly touted player coming out of high school. He's the highest scoring player in the history of, of uh, New York, I believe. Right. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of high school basketball. So uh, Joe Girard, he played well his first year, uh, but he's definitely going to have to step his game up if Syracuse is going to be a contender. Am I wrong in saying that Pat? No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, his like, he, for a, as being a good of a shooter as he is, he had, he was a little too inconsistent last year, but I think, um, you know, the kid's such a hard worker. Uh, it's well-documented. He's in the gym all the time. I think he, he will play better, and, and they obviously need him to. But uh, what was huge for Syracuse was getting um, Alan Griffin, um, him getting a waiver, the transfer from Illinois, 
uh, you know, because he, from what I heard, uh, some comments from Beheim, he can play point guard too. And I think Gerard is more, a little more natural of an off ball player, like catch and shoot versus having to like, you know, pull up off the dribble, create his own shot. So if they can get, you know, get some point guard minutes out of Griffin, let him to bring the ball up, it could open up. It could, I think that could help Gerard a ton. And also, you know, take a little pressure off Beheim too and, and get those guys some shots. So he's a huge X factor this year is, is how Alan Griffin looks um, in his first year with the orange. And then, and then obviously the development of, of Gerard, like you said. I, well, so just be honest with me. How good do you think the orange are going to be this year? I think they're a middle of the pack ACC team, like basically what they were last year too. They were what like eighth or ninth in the ACC. I think I have them right around there. Um, it's, it's tough to tell. I mean, they bring so much back, but it's also, it's just tough when you lose your top guy. Um, and, and I think another, another player that could really make or break their season is Quincy Garrier. Like he showed flashes last year. He's a great athlete. Um, like he's skilled, but just, just didn't play that consistently. If, if he has a good year, that'll be huge. But, um, you know, if they didn't get Alan Griffin, I, I might, if they, he didn't get a waiver, I might've said I, they were going to finish 11th or 12th in the ACC. But I think he makes like all that much of a difference, just taking the pressure off, off Beheim and Gerard a little bit. So I think I probably put them at eighth or ninth in the ACC. It's nuts that uh, you're not even mentioning the perennial Naismith contender, Merrick Dolajai. The hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Go ahead. Dolajai, he, he played, he played good last year. Um, no, he, he's a solid player. I, is, I, I yeah. just love his he's name. He's good all around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, the problem with Syracuse this year is that of their 17-game schedule that is out right now, they only have five games against a ranked opponent. So even if they win a majority of those games against the unranked opponents in the ACC, if they lose all five of those you know, games against the ranked opponents, they're not going to get any kind of serious consideration, I think, for the NCAA tournament. Um. Yeah. Well, Miami and Miami and Georgia Tech are underrated. They should both be top 25 teams, in my opinion. And like, you might see them slide up in there. I think the ACC, because it was not as great last year, they're not going to preseason hype. But I think they're, the ACC is going to be better this year in those six or seven ranked teams. So I think they'll have a few more top 25 opportunities than what it looks like now. Pat, will you be repeat and beat Syracuse once again at the Carrier Dome? I actually think there's a very, very good chance they do. Um, it's I think the teams are very close right now. I was actually gonna I was thinking about this earlier and was gonna gonna talk about this. Um, definitely will uh, annoy some people that listening. But if I had to power rank the top teams in the state of New York, I'm going number one St. Bonaventure, number two <laughs> Buffalo, number three Syracuse. Dude, the Bonnies are really good this year. Okay, let's hear. It. That's the perfect segue. Let's hear it. There, I mean, the body. I, I was actually really disappointing news today that they had a, their first COVID case of programmer shut down, and it stinks because they were supposed to be the very first game of the NCAA season at 9 a.m. on Wednesday, and now that's postponed. So I'm disappointed about that. But they honestly, like the, their roster right now, reminds me of the UB roster that beat Arizona. Like when they were all those that junior class that was so good with. Um, and then they became seniors the next year and were a six seed with uh, who was it Perkins and Massenburg and those Harris. guys like and uh, Harris yeah this yeah. team like they have this junior class that has been together three years now plus they brought in um, I can't um, oh Jaron English who transferred in and they have Dom Welch who averages double digits English Kyle Lofton's a first team all a ten point guard Osuno Suni 
is, uh, you know, the best shot blocker in the A-10, like all A-10 player. They're just loaded in that class. They brought in a couple transfers from the MAC that are supposed to be pretty good, a kid from Kent State, another one from Miami of Ohio. Like, they're, they're loaded. Like, this is a really, really good team, and they're all juniors. So the next two years, like, Bonaventure is going to be legit. Best team in the state of New York. I'll, I'll just – I'll put that out there. Pat, thank you so much because now when people come listen to this episode, I'm going to get let off the hook for picking the Dolphins to win the AFC East because you're the guy who picked St. Bonaventure yeah. to be the best team in New York for college basketball. Hey, you put Syracuse at number three. Yeah. In <laughs> thank you for letting in me up. 2018, in 2018, I told everybody Bonaventure is beating Syracuse this year. And no, everyone laughed at me. Like, they scheduled it the summer before, and I was like, we're going to win. We're going to win. And they went in the Carrier Dome and won that game. So, you, you, well, you know what just, I'm not just being a homer. <laughs> Funny story about that night. Uh, Drew and I were at a friend's house. We are having, like, a game night, right? We're hanging out. And mm-hmm. the friend's uh, dad was like, hey, guys, you guys want to watch the Syracuse game? And we're like, nah, they're playing Bonaventure. Who cares? And, like, we could hear him in the other room getting all pissed off. And we're like, oh, I guess the game's uh, not going Syracuse's way. And we look in, and it's like, oh, shit. Yep. They're going to lose to Bonaventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. No, I, you know more about college basketball than we do. So, if you're yeah. proclaiming that St. Bonaventure is going to be the best team in New York and UB is going to be number two, that is yeah. crazy. It's I, I was going to say, and it's, it's not even a knock on Syracuse. I think, like, Bonaventure and Buffalo are both tournament teams. And mm-hmm. Syracuse is, like, a bubble team. Like, they're all, like, really – they're all probably top 40, 45 teams in the, in the nation, all three of them, I would say. And if that's the case, that's awesome because New York college basketball just being good all around is, exactly. is only better for us fans. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Exactly. What about St. John's? Is St. John's worse than Syracuse? And they're Bonham? not very good, yeah. yeah they, yep. I would put St. John's – Okay. Fourth, I, I don't maybe, know. Even if I had to look into it, maybe I even, like, Sienna, I don't know, but. No, probably not. I would go St. John's for, but just taking a dig at them. But they, yeah, that program's ever since uh, Chris Mullen was there, like he got talent and they couldn't win with it. And then Mullen left and now they're not getting the same type of talent. Um, so they're, they're just, they're going to be uh, uh, in the basement of the Big East this year. All right. Well, some bold proclamations from our analyst, Pat McMahon, the expert. You guys need to take his uh, prediction seriously because they are right more often than they are wrong. He writes for the Action Network, so that literally has to be the case for him to actually write for that organization. So believe in Pat, believe in the Bonnies, and don't believe in St. John's. Let's go, Bonnies. All right. So. That will wrap up our college basketball talk, but I am actually going to have our, uh, our guest and Mr. Money Mike Gilchrist play another game. Uh, Money Mike has not done well with these games. I think he has won one. Well, first of all, let's, let's be clear. I should have won last week. Nick just kept copying my answers. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You, you need to know your presidents. You are a U.S. citizen. You need to know your history. <laughs> All right, but this week there's no crazy presidential question. This is all just similar to the games that you've played in the past. I'm going to give you a category. You guys keep going back and forth until one of you says one that's either not in the category or repeats an answer. Um, This one is going to be primarily NBA uh, in celebration of the NBA draft happening yesterday. Um, And our first one, Mike, you better be good at this one because you and I have had conversations about this very frequently. NBA number one draft picks throughout history. 
So basically you guys are just going to go back and forth, say the number one draft pick um, that you can think of throughout the NBA's history. And we will start with Pat. We'll give you the first guess. I'm going to go with Yao Ming. All right. 2002. Magic Johnson. Probably not one you were expecting. And that was not the first one I was expecting at all. All right, Magic Johnson, yes. <laughs> 1979. LeBron, LeBron James. LeBron James, 2003. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I need to keep scrolling. I don't remember what year exactly, but yes, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. had to have been, yeah. Um, <laughs> Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson, there you go. Going with the recent one. Tim Duncan. <laughs> Tim Duncan, Mike's favorite player other than Dirk Nowitzki. There you go. Anthony Edwards. Anthony the Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> the most recent one, literally. There you go. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem Olajuwon, there you go. Um, I will say my – speaking of bringing it back to St. Bonaventure, Bob Lanier. Bob Lanier? Who the hell is that? <laughs> Number one draft pick. <laughs> Wait. Wait a minute. 60s, I think. Wait a minute. How do you spell Lanier? I need to make sure this is true. L A N I E R. Holy crap. 1970 to the Detroit Pistons, yeah. St. Bonaventure. He's a center. Hall of Famer. I'm going to go with a little more well known here. I'm going to go with Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Probably a little bit more dominant of a center, I'd say. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Derek Rose. I'll get a little more recent. There you go. Derek Rose, 2008 to the Chicago Bulls. Mark Aguirre. Mark Aguirre. Yes. Nice. Another pull. Now I'll go with the lone Syracuse number one pick, Derek Coleman. All right. Yeah. 1990 to the New Jersey Jets or New Jersey Nets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Thompson. David Thompson. Who, the f- who is David Thompson? Look him up. Atlanta Hawks, 1975. Okay. Sure. <laughs> All right, Pat, who you got? Um, Carl Anthony Towns. All right. 2015, right? 2015, Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, of course. Can't forget that guy. Uh, what year is that? 1996 to the 76ers. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, 2016 to the 76ers. Uh. Emeka Okafor. Was he one? I don't believe he was. Oh, no, but Emeka Okafor was not. How did you guys not get Anthony Bennett? What the hell is wrong with you? I was going to say that. I was thinking about Okafor. He was a rookie rookie of the year, and he just, like, completely, like, flamed out after that. Yeah, yeah. I actually, like, was going to say that the last turn before I said um, Ben Simmons, but I was like, wait, did I already say Anthony Anthony Bennett? I couldn't remember if I said him already. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, I was just kidding. Anthony Bennett, literally the biggest draft bust in the history of draft busts. So, but he's such a memorable one for that reason. I know. <laughs> exactly. Greg Oden too. I forgot. Yeah, Greg Oden was. Greg Oden was my next pick. Arsenal. Greg Oden was my next pick. But I, I, for some reason, I thought Okafor popped in my head. Yeah, you had Greg Oden, Blake Griffin, John Wall, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Blake Davis. Griffin. 
Yeah. John Wall. No. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's some big names still left on the board, but that's all right. Cause if you guys kept getting them, I would have been like, man, this is taking way too long. <laughs> I was going to say we could have gone like 30 deep almost. <laughs> all right. Uh, this one's a little bit uh, shorter of a category teams without an NBA championship. So there are 11 out of the 30 Ooh. teams uh, in the NBA without a championship. And we'll start with Mike. Orlando. All right. The Orlando magic. The Sacramento Kings. Uh, they were not on the list that I saw, but I've not won a championship. But that is a, he, he was he's right. What the heck was that that list that I saw then? What the heck? All right, well, all right, keep going. Um, the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz, correct. Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, correct. Only eleven. Wow. I'm like going through the teams in my head and I'm like, who? who? <laughs> uh, well, technically the Oklahoma City Thunder have it. I mean, uh, you know, the Seattle Supersonics, they became the Oklahoma City Thunder. So I don't know if they're on your list or not. Um, no. Okay. So I believe the Sacramento Kings were not on the list because I guess in their full franchise history, they won in 1951 as the Rochester Royals. <laughs> I was actually thinking that. I was like, did they win the Rochester? Damn. Yeah, don't they, I win then? Don't I win? And we'll give it to Mike. Well, we'll we, he needs I to guess, win. Yeah, that. yeah. yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll give it to Mike because no, I actually thought about that. I was like, wait, they might have won as Rochester. Yeah, there we go. All right. So, uh, Money Mike gets off the hook because it sounded like he was about to lose anyway. Uh, <laughs> you <laughs> I was going to say the Clippers because the Clippers haven't won. Yeah, Clippers. Yeah. I have Clippers. a couple more in my arsenal. I was going to say the Pelicans because they're just new. Mm-hmm. The Hor- I don't think the Charlotte franchise has won. No, they haven't. The Hornets. Yeah. They were Tip- the Bobcats, and then they became the Hornets. And the Horn- the original Hornets became um, – who did they become? Well, the Hornets uh, became the Pelicans, and then they revived – They didn't want anything. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, then they went the Bobcats back to the Hornets. Yeah. yeah. Then you guys also missed the Timberwolves, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Pacers. Um, and I think it's that's game. It's hard to, like, think – stop and think who's <laughs> where. Yeah, no, exactly. Right. Um. All right, so uh, our next category is the 20 best international NBA players of all time. Actually, some of these players I didn't even know were not born in the U.S., Um, so this will be interesting. So basically, these are just players that literally just were not born in the U.S., even if they um, played at college basketball in the U.S., it doesn't matter. Okay. Interesting. All right, Uh, Pat, you start. I will go Dirk Nowitzki. (laughs) <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki from Germany. Uh, Manu Ginobili. Manu Ginobili from Argentina. I'm going to go Tim Duncan, U.S. Virgin Islands. Yes. That, that, he was the number one guy on the list, and I was like, wait a minute. Tim Duncan's an international player? What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tony Parker, France. Yeah. Well, they actually put Belgium. I actually didn't know that, but I guess he's from Belgium. Who, Parker? Yeah. He's oh, French, okay. though. I, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say French. Um, my guy, Steve Nash. Steve Nash from South Africa. South Africa, yeah. He's also Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And his parents are British. <laughs> All right. What uh, do you got? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, come on. Just think. Five more seconds. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to come up with his name right now, though. Luca. 
This is a subjective was, list. Yeah, it's a very subjective <laughs> list. I, totally I was like, I don't know how you can really pick that, Andrew. I'm like, we'll give you a lot. We'll give you Luca. That's fine. I was going to say, I was waiting for something like that to happen where like yeah. one of us would say a good answer and it's like, well, you're just saying 20 best. So. <laughs> well, that's, that's the only fast. guy on this list that I think will fall on it later. But just, well, okay, so, so replace mine then with Yao Ming. All right, fine. We'll give you Yao Ming. <laughs> Yao Ming. Okay, nice. Um, I'm gonna go with Arvedis Sabonis, Demontis' dad. Uh, yes, on the list. Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol, correct. From Spain. Good one. Uh, man, I'm starting to. It's getting hard now. I'm thinking of a lot of guys that are more current, but like I don't know if they're would be considered the top of all time. There's some big names. Big names. Uh, Dikembe Mutombo. Dikembe Mutombo from the Congo. Nice. <laughs> I'm, I feel like the Greek freak isn't on there. He isn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a terrible list yeah, to do. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. This is an absolute terrible list. All right. We'll just move on from this list. This list is very stupid. Uh, <laughs> the other ones you guys missed are Peja Stojakovic. Uh, Denlev Shrimp. Uh, Kyrie Irving was on the list. <laughs> he's what? from Australia, I guess. Oh, yeah, he was born in Australia. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I guess Patrick Ewing's from Jamaica, which I didn't know that either. Um, right. All right. So, he we played on just... Team USA. Yeah, that's true. That is weird. All right. Well, so we'll just end this on a tie. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the fourth one, fourth and final category, so that we can end this, is uh, the top 25 players. Uh, with total career three-pointers made um, in the NBA. There we go. All right, Mike. So you go ahead. Uh, Ray Allen. All right. Ray Allen, number one. Um, Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Yes. Really? 20, okay. 24. 24. Whew. I, I said that. I was like, wait, you might not. You didn't that <laughs> Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller, number two. <laughs> Steph Curry. Steph Curry, number three. Uh, Dirk. Dirk, number 11. Um, oh, I just had a name and I lost it. I feel like Peja Stoyakovich is going to be in there. Number 21. Number 21, okay. Uh, Clay Thompson. Mm, does not... Yes, it is. Number 18. You're right. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see him on the list. Sorry. Uh, Kobe. Kobe, number 17. Larry Bird. Larry Legend. Uh, does not look like he is on the list. Let's see where he fell. Actually, I'm curious. He won the three-point contest in 1985. He might have started without a three-point line. Yeah, I think that that's the only thing that probably hurt him is the fact that, yeah, he, he didn't even really get as many chances as some of these guys did. But he was a damn good shooter. Um, so Pat wins this one. <laughs> this this kind of clunky game here. Uh, nice job, Pat. You went two to one. Congratulations. Yay. <laughs> and Money Mike, Money, Mike. Is, Money Mike is still one in a million. 
So how did I not think of Kyle Korver? Yeah, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Korver's up there. Vince Carter is I number did think six. Of that, and I was just wondering if Korver didn't have enough playing time to be up there. Yeah, yeah, no, he's number four. He, he's way up there. Oh, wow. JJ know. Redick is number fourteen. So there, there's some interesting names on this list. Rashard Lewis, number Chris nineteen. Mullen on there. What's that? Was Chris Mullen on there? I was thinking to him. Uh, oh. I don't. I Paul don't Pierce think so, no. Here. Yeah, Paul oh, Pierce. Wow. It's, that literally was going to be my next guess. Let's kick on. <laughs> it's mostly new players. Like, Damian Lillard's already at number 20. It's kind of nuts. That is crazy. Um, all right. Well, I think I've uh, kept you on here long enough, Pat. Uh, Mike, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I'm just really ashamed that I didn't win that game because there are so many players in that three-point list that I'm like, wow, I didn't name him or think of him at all. <laughs> and I, I thought I was going to win the, the number one draft picks because I had all these like obscure names that I knew just from that one ESPN video of Skip and Chris Broussard making their top five lists. And that's how I knew of players like David Thompson and you know Mark Aguirre. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to easily win this. And I, I named all those guys and I ran out. <laughs> Oh man, well it's it's a it's a damn shame, Mike. But I, you'll get a W one of these days. Thanks for joining us, Pat. All right, take care. Yeah, Enjoy right. week eleven of the NFL season, everybody.